Field, NFL Week 10 in the books, Week 11 on deck. Corey Gunkel joins me from the nation's capital. Uh, before we started recording, you started telling me about how you were right about everything last week. So please recap it for the audience. What all do you feel like you nailed last week? Yeah, uh, well, I did uh, say that the Seahawks are going to lose and that they were on a precipice of potential disaster and that the Rams were going to win. Um, I believe it's probably not a good sign right now that Russell Wilson is now tied with Daniel Jones for the second most turnovers in the league at 13, trailing only Carson Wentz at 16. Whew, that is not good at all. And you can tell that he he thinks he has to do it all now because their defense sucks. They don't really have a run game. And you see what happens when you can clamp up a guy like DK Metcalf. Uh, the offense doesn't look so scary anymore, does it? And uh, the Seahawks are in a world of hurt. And they play the Cardinals on, on a short week this Thursday. I guess we're recording this on Tuesday. So um, it is, yeah, it's danger time for the Seahawks. So uh, life comes at you fast. Yep. Russ. Yep. Turns out the turnovers are what's truly unlimited. Uh, he is Mr. Limited. And the Seahawks are limited. Because like I said last week, another thing that I'll probably be right about, you cannot win meaningful games with a defense that shitty. Doesn't happen. And now we've seen, I think they've lost, what, like two or three straight now? And then you got to play the Cardinals who are coming off that awesome win in which Kyler Murray just, you know, let his freak flag fly and show what he can do. I mean, Seahawks are in some trouble. And I will give you credit as well because you said it uh, way early at the beginning of the season that you were way more concerned coming out of the NFC, a team like the Bucks um, and a team like the Rams than you were the Seahawks. And that is proving to be true because as we've seen, both the Bucks and the Rams have way better defenses and they look better right now. Well, I will say, not to kick a man while he's down, but, you know, two of my concerns, well, three of my concerns was, you know, Seattle's defense, which obviously stinks. I don't know how many yards they gave up this week, but I know before the week they were on a record historic pace of blowing out the record by, I think, 70 yards in terms of worst pass defenses of all time. Uh, which is the Green Saints. Bay's defense. Who that? Green Bay's defense. I am very worried about them stopping the run. Uh, they struggled against Jacksonville. So I, I never truly bought into either one of those teams as contenders. And then I will say that uh, another NFC contender I was worried about was the New Orleans Saints and their quarterback being able to make it through the entire year. And, you know, he's pretty hurt right now. What's the latest on Drew Brees? Yeah, multiple uh, hurt ribs, multiple fractured ribs and a collapsed lung. He's getting a second opinion this week to see if he needs to go on the IR or not. Right, They're trying to hopefully keep him off of the IR. But, I mean, my God, like, he's 41 and has all these, you know, major injuries to where he looked like he was struggling to breathe on the sidelines of that game against the 49ers. So, um, right now, you know, status still in limbo. He's definitely going to miss some time. Thankfully for the Saints, you know, this is, you know, same old, same old. They've been through this before. You go 5-0 and without him last year. This year, your quarterback is probably even more talented than the one you had last year, albeit more turnover prone. Uh, so I think they're just going to do exactly what they did last year. They're going to run the ball down your throat with Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, get the ball to Michael Thomas, limit the turnovers and the bad decisions from Jameis, and hope to continue. The schedule's great for this type of thing to happen now. You didn't want it to happen in the stretch they just had when you get the Falcons twice, 
the Broncos. Um, you still get to play the Panthers again uh, and the Eagles. So, um, yeah, Drew Brees don't know what the situation is going to be moving forward, but we do know that the Saints can handle this. They're deep enough to handle this, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. It'll be fun to watch Jameis play in that offense. Might be more fun. It'll be fun to see Sean Payton coach him up. You know, Sean Payton bought low on him, so maybe he can, you know, transition into a new quarterback. I just thought it was funny how Taysom Hill was the backup quarterback until it actually came time to have a backup quarterback. And then his ass was uh, still playing wide receiver slash running back while they brought Jameis in. So, you know, I did have those problems with those NFC teams, and all three of them kind of rearing their head right now. So, you know, if you're going to call yourself right, I just wanted to pump, you know, my chest a little bit. All right, so what was the second thing you were right about in Week 10? So I also, in passing, but you can still be right in passing, I did say that I it's always fun to bet against the Browns, and I'm going to probably do that. And I did. Got them at three and a half. They win by a field goal. So that felt really good. Uh, and then, you know, to be honest with you, John, um, I did say that the Bucks might be in free fall territory. So I was wrong about that because they beat the absolute dog shit out of the Panthers um, and used a big second half to do so. So, um, yeah. Their locker room's in trouble. Their locker room's in trouble. How are these guys going to handle adversity? How are they going to be able to handle getting blown out? They might, they might fall apart. It looked like it for a while. Oh, never mind. They'll just, they'll just dominate Carolina. No big deal. Yeah, but I will say there's still Antonio Brown drama out there in the ether. You know, he's destroying cameras in that property that he lives in. So uh, there was a little drama there, but it wasn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't make them fall like I wanted it to. So I'll give you that. You know, you, Antonio you can't Brown is so good at football. He is. He's a freak athlete. Antonio Brown's so good. It's insane. It's insane. He's so much better than Scotty Miller. Having him out on the field makes him so much more dangerous when they actually start throwing him the ball. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they were doing it with Scotty Miller is crazy. And now you add in just one of the best athletes in the past 10 years to play on a football field who came in without even playing in a long time and came in in like the best shape of his life. I mean, he's really good. On paper, that team, especially their offense, should just be insane. I will say that like it's a waste to have those receivers with Tom Brady, though. It is. It is. Because I want to say I saw a stat coming out this weekend that like Brady has only hit one uh, 20-yard pass down the field this year, or at least like, the last like four or five weeks, where Brady is just like he's just all check downs again, and like anything over 20 yards, he's inaccurate. There was a big play in that Carolina game where he had to open Antonio Brown for a touchdown, and he missed him Completely by missed eight him. yards. Completely missed him. Yeah, it, it it does seem like a waste, and you can only imagine what like somebody like Russell Wilson could do. Uh, but speaking of quarterbacks in trouble, too, um, I have been completely won over. So I started this season, and I think it's you and a lot of Titans fans who have done it for me, who have watched more of these games than I have um, in the AFC. I might be on the LaFraud train. I don't know. I mean, it's I, I'm right there because they look bad, and he has just really, really struggled. And I know there was a lot of rain against the Patriots, and you know they have the built-in excuse ready, but I I might be a fraud guy. It's going to be hard to meet it for me to like really pile on after they played in a monsoon, but he hasn't been very good this year. But I'm not going to talk too much trash about him because look. Uh, much like the Seahawks, who started 5-0 and then kind of fell apart, 
uh, as to have my Tennessee Titans. So we play the Ravens on Sunday. I'm not going to dance on the grave of Lamar Jackson just yet because the Ravens are still posted as a touchdown favorite. Yeah. Well, the Titans are another case and like the margin of error in the NFL is so thin and it like just goes to show, uh, you know, you lose when the defense, it's already shaky. uh, And then on the offensive side, you lose a guy like your starting left tackle. I mean, it just, it can exacerbate so many problems and you see the, that like, it's just so, so close. Like you can be so close and have one injury or two injuries and the whole thing could come crashing down. Not saying that's happening, just saying you can see how injuries and how thin the margin of error really is. And now you're playing the Ravens and both teams seem to be kind of playing, you know, f- to put their head above water at this point. So that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good game this weekend that is going to have a lot of implications down the road because both teams have to win that game. Yeah, the Titans went from the one seed before the Pittsburgh game to now they're on the outside of the playoff pitcher currently as it stands. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, and like we said, I mean, lo- losing your left tackle, it's just it's a, it can be a killer. And I and they ha- I don't think they've won a game since, right? No, they won the uh the game against the Bills. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, that's that's a big game. That might be the best game of the week, other than uh, I guess if you wanted to also throw in Cardinal Seahawks of that Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night game's a great game. Um, obviously, both these teams need it. This is a huge game. Uh, if I think Seattle needs it more just because they would lose the tiebreaker to Arizona just straight up with a two-game sweep if they lose this week. But, uh, you know, Seattle also has lost three of four, so they, they need to feel good about themselves. And you know, Russell kind of needs to get back on track. Like I said, he went from MVP to, I just told you, he is tied in turnovers with Daniel Jones with second most in the league. That's incredible. Second most. That is absolutely incredible. And, you know, their defense doesn't do him any favors. So uh, it's not like he's going to, you know, get the ball in a short field after like a couple of picks or something. He has to do it all. And when you're throwing picks in the red zone and uh, you are in a stat, any stat with Daniel Jones, things are not going well. And I think we can firmly say he's out of the MVP picture at this point, as is Lamar Jackson. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's going to be Kyler versus Mahomes at this point. Like, Mahomes is still the best quarterback. They are going to probably have the best record, or at least of the you know, MVP contenders. Mahomes should get it, but they might look and try to give it to Kyler if they end up winning, you know, 11 or 12 games. And he's going to, you know, Kyler has a good chance of running for a thousand yards. He does. And I don't see how the Seahawks are going to stop him. I mean, how, like, what are they going to do? I mean, I I honestly don't know what they're going to do because um, I don't think there's any shot that that just absolutely porous defense can do anything to contain him at all. So, uh, and, you know, they don't have a pass rush. They don't have much of anything. And uh, another time you know that you're in trouble is when you're being mentioned in the same category as the 2015 Saints defense, which is you know who they would pass as the worst of all time. So uh, it is not looking good for the Seahawks. And I think the, I think the Cardinals win that game, and you're looking at a, a total refiguration of the NFC West. Because it started out with the Seahawks being Super Bowl bound, and now we're like, will they even make the playoffs at this point? Uh, not looking good. They're going to make the playoffs. Slow down. They're going to make the playoffs. You're getting ahead of yourself. I still think they beat Arizona this weekend, or on Thursday as well. I don't I don't know, man. I'm telling you. 
with a defense that bad, it's really hard to win. And they made it look they they made it look easy at first. But I mean, as our friend in the Discord always says, water finds its level. You're starting to see that now. Uh, and this, for as good as their offense has been, maybe it's maybe it's the Saints fan in me who's seen this before. But I mean, I've seen. MVP level play quarterback be totally squashed by a, one of the worst defenses ever, and you go seven and nine or eight and eight. So it's half- that, that, that's fine, but they're, they're six and three. They're making the playoffs. Okay, Who, who's going to knock them out? The Bears. Hey, if they had, if Tyler Bray, give him a shot. Tyler Bray sucks. Give him a Tyler shot, Bray baby. Sucks. Like like who, who's going to knock them out? I could see the Vikings passing the Bears, but like that's it. Like the Detroit Lions going to catch them. The 49ers are done. They'll make the playoffs and get bounced. I'm being hyperbolic, but the Falcons, I mean like you know they're they're good. They're going to make the playoffs, but you know just going back to Kyler Murray, he already has 600 yards rushing through nine games, so he would just need obviously uh 396 yards to get over 1000 and he has seven games to do it. So I do think he will do that. So he'll have a chance of uh, being in that MVP conversation. Yeah. But I think it's him and Mahomes at this point. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think uh, yeah, it's going to be a race between those two quarterbacks, and then offensive player of the year right now I think is Kamara, but could be Dalvin Cook or somebody else. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. Which Kamara could play his way into the MVP conversation if he carries this team while you know Drew Brees is out. A hundred percent. That's possible. A hundred percent. That's possible. Kamara Kamara might be number three right now. I think I don't he know is. What the odds are, but uh, you know Kamara. A flyer on him uh, is probably not a bad investment right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think he leads the league in receptions, receiving yards. Uh, he's number two in touchdowns, and you're about to see him get even more of a big workload with Drew Brees out. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's in the conversation. Now, they, they don't really give it to running backs anymore, so... I know he's more versatile than just a running back, but I could just see them doing what they usually do. And you let the QBs battle it out for MVP. You give him offensive player of the year. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. It's not a bad investment to go ahead and put some money on him at this point. And I don't know. Let's see how many more games the Vikings win, but Dalvin making a case as well. Shout out to Dalvin. Shout out to Dalvin. Shout out to Kamara though, because all the nerds that say you don't pay running backs, just watch Dalvin Cook and Alvin yep. Kamara this year. Those teams would be lost without, 100%. Those, without those guys. You can't just put in you can't just put in replacement level players because I mean Latavius Murray is a good running back and you know Madison they talk about how good he is but like when those guys are off the field there's a huge difference. And a guy like Kamara who can do it all you know he can return punts and kicks and literally line up at wide receiver not like in the slot I mean he can go on the outside and run a great route so and Dalvin Cook looks like a beast too so yeah anybody that says you don't pay running backs bzz, wrong you do if they're good. I won't even bring up Derrick Henry and like just go ahead and get ready for it, losers, because the Derrick Henry breakout is coming. It's getting close, boys. Check your check your calendar. It's almost Thanksgiving. This is when Derrick Henry starts pulling off those 150, 200 yard gains. So just check it. Let's check back in a couple weeks. Let's check back. Let's let's make a date, Corey, for uh, okay. Christmas when Henry has had like 600 yards in his last okay. four games. Yeah. Do you want to meet like in between Knoxville and DC, or what do you want? I might be in Connecticut then. I don't know. But we can. I've been wanting to come visit DC, so I need come to come on. visit DC before you uh, it, before you move or before another. Yeah, we can make, get like a little picnic basket. I know some of the best park spots, man. You know, I I, I got you covered. So let's make a date because I agree with you. I think Derrick Henry uh, gets back to his old ways, and I think you know he might be the reason that the Titans overcome the Ravens this week. We don't know, and um, I guess. 
I mean, Henry's still been good already this year. He still has 940 yards already. Like, he's going to break 1,000 yards this weekend. So, like, I mean, he's, he's still been really good. But I'm just saying, you know, four or five weeks from now, like him, Cook, and Kamara, I think, are going to be or should be the talk of the NFL. Those three running backs who got paid this offseason, they're, they're, they're helping out their running back brothers yeah, is all I'm they saying. they sure are. They sure are. Well, are there any games this weekend that you are looking forward to, John? Yeah, we talked about Cardinal Seahawks. I do. I'll, I'll ride with the Seahawks at home, uh, although that Cardinal series is always fun and always kind of wacky. But I'll ride with the Seahawks at home. We've talked about Titans-Ravens. That's all of a sudden a huge game. The Titans need to get back on track, but the Ravens' defense is really, really good. And we'll see if the Titans' defense can continue to bother Lamar in that struggling offense. Um, that'll be fun. That, that's a huge game, both teams at 6-3. and three. You know, Titans still in pretty good shape of winning their division. I'm not giving up on that yet. The Ravens, though, seem about cooked when it comes to ch- catching the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think they're they're playing for a wild card spot at this point, I would say. Seems about cooked there. That game's fun. I'll be honest, uh, now that Jameis Winston's playing for the Saints, that game becomes a lot more interesting than playing the Falcons, who have been playing better coming off of Bobby. Without a question, I mean... Saints Falcons is always fun. Uh, it's all it, like I feel like it, it's gone into overtime a couple of times in the past couple of years. The Falcons, you know, just worked them last year in the dome in one of those weird games that some you know good teams lose. So uh, yeah, that that's going to be a fun one. I mean, the Falcons have a top five offense, and uh, Jameis Winston is now playing, and Jameis Winston has experience against the Falcons. Obviously, as the former Bucks quarterback, he has a lot of success against the Falcons. I feel like it was bad experience for him too. Yeah. He, they, they, they did lose a lot, but he had he put up good numbers against the Falcons, and so well, Jameis Winston. That's the Jameis Winston experience. He always it is, it is, and I, I'm excited to see what he can do with a week of game planning. You know, I don't take anything from last week's game where he just gets thrown in there in the the third quarter, and they're just like, okay, you know, run run the clock out. You're up two scores. So uh, I think with a week of game planning, this is the this is the start. I mean, Sean Payton, look for all the talk about bootstraps breeze. Sean Payton might be setting up two straight black quarterbacks to make, you know, 50, 60 million dollars in a row. So, you know, shout out to the Saints because Jameis Winston comes in and does well in these next four or five games, you know, if he has to play that much or even the next three or four games and he puts up pretty good numbers or he has one game where he throws for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid by somebody. So Sean Payton, you know, creating these opportunities, you know, praise to him. He kind of cancels out MAGA Breeze, which is nice. But hopefully Drew can come back. It would be nice to get him back before the playoffs. But that will be an interesting game now because the Falcons' offense is really good. We'll see if the Saints' defense can continue to play as well as it has been the past couple of weeks. Talking about Winston getting paid, buddy, it might be in New Orleans. It might be. I mean, this is the start. This could be the start of the new era. And that's why I'm excited. Just like... Michael Thomas being out ended up actually being a blessing in disguise for that offense because they were able to get Emmanuel Sanders more involved in understanding the offense better. Uh, they were able to get Jared Cook more involved. You can see what Alvin Kamara this ain't a, this, ain't a, this ain't a damn Saints podcast. This ain't a Saints podcast. Well, it should no. be. It should be because they look good. But, yes, that is Jameis Winston. Could be the future of New Orleans. We'll, we'll see. Packers-Colts is a good one. Green Bay heading to Indianapolis. Green Bay looked bad against Jacksonville. Colts coming off an emotional win and a mini bye. Uh, the Colts, I mean, need to run the ball. That's what the Packers can't stop. I'm interested in that game, how the Packers offense looks against the Colts defense. Because I feel like the Titans move the ball decently well against the Colts defense. It's just like 
The Colts ate up a lot of clock, and the Titans in the second half got stopped on the 15-yard line and, you know, missed a field goal and, you know, were backed up on their one-yard line for another drive. So I feel like the, the Colts' defense can be exposed a little bit. So I'm interested to see what the Packers do against them. That game's fun. And then I think both primetime games uh, on Sunday night and Monday night, both are very good. The Chiefs going to Vegas, trying to, uh, you know, get some payback for the, the the only loss they have on their record. And the Rams headed to Tampa Bay to play the Bucks. Both those games, really, really good. Yeah, no, I, I am super pumped for both of those games. I would love to see, yeah, like you said, the Raiders – I feel like they're in that middle tier that we always talk about, like that wild card team, that sweet spot where it's like, yeah, they could beat the Chiefs or you know they could lose to the Jaguars. We don't know, so we'll it'll be fun to see which Raiders team we get in that game. And yeah, Bucks Rams. I mean, the Bucks. It seems like the past couple of weeks, you know, they have a they have a game where they look really good. They have a game where they struggle. They have a game where you know. They just blow the, they blow out the Raiders 45-20, and everybody's talking about how they're the best team in the league, or maybe in the NFC at least, and then they look like absolute dog shit against the Giants. You know, they look like awful against the Saints, and then they twerk the Panthers. So I it, can they put together two in a row at this point uh, will be fun to see against the Rams. So I am looking forward to that game because that one has big NFC seeding implications the Rams are climbing back in things now uh and with the Seahawks free fall this is a big one for the NFC West yeah no the Rams are one of those teams I can't decide how much I buy into them just because Jared Goff's their quarterback but that Rams defense you know I want to see what it looks like against the weighted opponents and like how good they actually are but are you aware that in eight of their nine games they have allowed three points or fewer in the second half wow no I did not know that that Rams defense has cut the water off on people in the second half. They cut it off on Russell Wilson. Uh, they have done it all year to people. Now, four of those games were against NFC East opponents, so, like, take it for what it's worth. Right. But, you know, in that was they shut down Dak Prescott in week one. They shut down Russell Wilson last week. They have had some really, really good performances in the second half so far this year. That defense, I can't decide how good it is. We'll see against Tampa. Aaron Donald might just wreck that Tampa Bay offensive line and we know Tom Brady doesn't like getting hit. So this I'm really excited for Rams Bucks on Monday night to see just uh, am, which team is legit and answers the bell. I am too and I think I've got to lean Rams on this because as we've discussed before on the podcast, it's a tried and true formula. It's not a secret. The way to beat Tom Brady is if you can get pressure with 4. The Rams can. The Bucks' offensive line is pathetic, and they have injuries. I know, which is which exacerbates the problem. But uh, watching the Bucks' offensive line against the Saints' defensive line was one thing. But then you throw in Aaron Donald, and it becomes a whole different ball game. And I think the Rams can get pressure with four. And when you make Tom Brady, uh, you know, worry when he's back there, and you don't give him a lot of time. You can make him make mistakes. You can make that offense sputter and stagnate. And I think the Rams will be able to do that. We'll see if the Bucks can overcome bad OL play or if you know they somehow get better. But you're exactly right. The, with the way the Rams D line is looking right now, you got to think that the Bucks might be in a little trouble there. I really wish they wouldn't have paid Jared Goff. I really wish they wouldn't have you know hitched their offense to him because I still have questions about him. But that defense just full of a couple studs. I mean, the secondary in Los Angeles, really good. You know, buoyed by Jalen Ramsey, but they got a couple ballers there. And then, of course, you know, Aaron Donald on that, you know, uh, wreaking havoc in the interior line. That's a 
really talented team that chose stars over draft picks. And I'm happy that it hasn't bit them yet because I like when teams go all in and the, you know, the Rams are still benefiting from that. And I, I think they're under the radar right now. I think they'll have a huge opportunity on Monday night to, you know, really make a statement. Now, with that being said, I, I want to be honest and like perfectly clear. I'm still not sold how good they are. So I'm very curious to see what they look like against Tampa. You know, I, I like both these teams. You know, I, I said earlier this year, I have more confidence in these two teams than the other contenders in the NFC. So whoever wins this one might be uh, really at the top of my NFC power rankings. Yeah. And I mean, this could be another opportunity for a team to make a statement against the Bucks on primetime. So will they let that happen two weeks out of the past three weeks, you know, uh, or, or will they make a statement of their own? I agree with you. I think the Rams are underrated. I don't think they, we've really been talking about them that much. Maybe it's because they're on the West coast and you know, they're either usually playing at like 4:35 when we're all watching red zone, but yeah, they've flown under the radar this year. And I know they started out with a little struggling, but they've looked really good. That stat you just gave me is jaw dropping. I did not know that. And um, we'll see what they can do against a, uh, their offense can do against a good Bucks defense because I think that's the the testament right there is yeah can you score enough to win that game we'll see that's a big one and I would not doubt you at all if if you did have the winner of that one number one uh, because of you know how both teams have looked this year so far minus the Bucks playing the Saints. But like I said, keep in mind they play the entire NFC East. And they played uh, Chicago, so not like they've beat a you know a good murderer's row of offenses except this weekend against Seattle. So uh, you know, let's see what this Los Angeles defense actually looks like. Yeah, and let's not forget what they looked like against the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. Well, the defense wasn't the problem against the Dolphins; it was right. everywhere else. It was they right. kept turning the ball over and giving up special teams touchdowns. So. You know, this is a big game for them. I think it's my favorite game of the weekend outside of, outside of Titans-Ravens. You led the show off talking about how right you were in Week 10. Let's see you do it again in Week 11. Give us a couple of uh, predictions. Well, John, for starters, um, I will take the Titans plus 6.5. And, and I think the Titans, if they don't win that game, they will at least keep it within a field goal, if not outright win. So that would be my number one pick is I, I am taking the Titans. I do have confidence in the Titans. Um, I think they're going to be able to just slowly suffocate the Ravens. And, um, you know, if you're having a struggling defense, this is the offense that you want to play. So, uh, and, you know, you didn't have Desmond King when you had to play them before. So that helps. So I think the Titans, I think the Titans put it together. And I'm not going to say they outright win, but I definitely think they're going to cover. So that would be my first pick. And then I'm also going to take the Texans as well against the Patriots. They, I think they're at minus two and a half right now, um, but I think they're going to win that game outright. So I will take the Texans in that game as well. Those are my two picks for this week, but I can go down the whole slate if you want, because I'm rarely, if ever, wrong. No, no, it's fine. We'll just stick to two. We're almost out of time for the podcast, so it's fine. We try to keep these under 30 minutes, so we're up against it. So no reason to uh, go and flex your big brain too much. Just go 2-0. and oh. That's good enough. Keep the people coming back. Shout out to the Patriots though. I thought they were I thought they were dead in the water, and they uh, got off the mat against Baltimore. They did good performance for them. Now it helped that there was a monsoon, and it helped that the Ravens might secretly stink. But we'll find out more about them this weekend. When I say them, I mean the Ravens, obviously. But I don't disagree with the Texans' pick. I don't think the Patriots are very good. Although obviously the Texans stink too. How do you think Bill O'Brien felt? How do you think Deshaun Watson felt watching DeAndre Hopkins catch that hail mary? 
and complete the play of the year. That's like a meet me in Temecula moment for him. Like he should, he needs to fight Bill O'Brien. Like the guy they traded for, for him isn't playing. And then to watch DeAndre Hopkins do what he does week in and week out, just not even talking about the Hail Mary catch, which was just unreal, you know, play of the year in the NFL so far. But the fact that he, like every week, he has to watch DeAndre Hopkins go out there and do exactly what he was doing in Houston for another team. And the guy that made it all happen has already been fired. I feel really bad for Deshaun Watson because I don't think he's as bad as some people think. And I, D, I know DVOA agrees. Um, you know, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and he has been treated very unfairly. And hopefully he can get out of there because the Texans stink, and Bill O'Brien needs to be fired once again for how shitty he was as a coach and a GM. I block all my exes on social media. I ignore. I try to get them out of my life. I can't imagine watching an ex on national TV just stun on you like that. Just, Buddy. Just be so happy with their new man. Just be so happy. And everyone else out. everyone else is talking about like like other players. Like Patrick Mahomes tweeting out like, man, D Hop's the best, you know? And like him tweeting back, like, yeah, man, you went God mode last year. You know, thought we were gonna have a ring, but you know, Bill O'Brien was my coach and he's a shithead. Like to see everyone else revel in it too has to make it even worse. Because it's not like like it sounds like people actually like DeAndre Hopkins and like everyone was talking about it. I mean, it's ugh. That's got to be real There's tough. no escaping it. No. Nope. It's got to be a personal hell. There's no escaping it. <laughs> Corey, appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, That's all man. I got for this week. Same. See you, dude. Peace. Congrats on the Drew Holiday trade. Thank you. Thank you. I actually, well, I